0: Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Gary Chevalier. Well, good morning, everyone. Hey, oh, oh, little response back. Okay, a couple of you are awake. That's exciting. The, the, we five will have a good time together today. So, over the last couple weeks, as we've talked about some of these biblical characters like Gideon and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, have you, have you found yourself thinking things like, well, yeah, those guys, they had it rough. You know, God used them, but it really wasn't their fault. God called them, and they had problems, but it was because God called them. But what about me? Like, I've got big problems, and it's my fault. Can God use me? So, I wanna start this morning with a poll and just ask the question, have you ever felt like God couldn't or wouldn't use you because of something that you've done? So, text yes or no to 22333. All right, I'm texting mine in right now. While you do that, I'm gonna tell you a story about a time in my past that I felt that way, and ironically, I was on church staff at that time. See, most of you know, that I have been a musician and a worship pastor for a long period in my time. And so all of my musical training was listen, hear what's wrong, and then fix it. Which is really good in music, but not so good when it spills out into other areas of your life, say, other people. So I was really good at delivering truth I was a lot like Simon Cowell of old school American Idol, right? Do you guys remember him? Yes. Whole lot of truth, little bit of love, not, not really, not so much. So that was, that was kind of how I was, and I was under the mistaken opinion that when someone asked what I thought, they genuinely wanted to know what I thought. I <laughs> what a fool, right? But that was me. I was young. I didn't know. So, if you guys remember, remember Y2K that happened back in 1999, everybody was scared of Y2K, that the world was coming to an end as soon as the year 2000 happened. Some of you remember that time. Well, there was a member of my worship team that came into my office one day during late November, actually pretty close to this time, and she was so excited. She was talking about her brother, who was a pastor, and he was like, and God is waking him up in the middle of the night and giving him these songs and these dramas, and he's putting together the best Christmas musical ever. And she had this grand idea that I needed to make all of the worship ministry go to her brother's church and watch this Christmas musical because it's like so good. It's like because God knows this is the last time the gospel will ever be shared. And then she asked what I thought about that. (laughs) Yep, now I'm going to let you fill in the blanks. But suffice it to say, she left my office that day less than pleased with what I thought about her brother's miracle musical and what I thought about her opinions of Jesus' impending return. So we're going to leave that to your imagination. But it was not the most amazing an encounter I've ever had. And shockingly, I found myself in the senior pastor's office the next day. And we talked about how that interaction had gone. And at this point, I was still indignant that I had done nothing wrong because, after all, she asked what I thought. And I was honest. Anyway, he basically said, you know, I've seen you, kind of how you interact with some of our church people, and I just, I have to tell you that some of the ways that you talk to people are not very kind, and if God's going to use you in ministry, you have got to learn to speak the truth in love. I wasn't real fond of being told that. Later that night, I was sitting on that family's couch, and after I had apologized, Uh, listen to them berate me about how ungodly and how mean that I was. And after I got over being angry, because I was really angry, uh, after I got over that and really started to evaluate and think about the interaction, I had the question, God, can you use me? Really? I mean, am I really cut out for this ministry thing? Because apparently, I'm offensive and a jerk. What if I really am the person that they think that I am? Now, I can see by our poll here that, Two thirds of us in this room have felt the same way. God, can you use me because of something that I've done? Maybe you're not the same person at small group and at work in the week. Maybe maybe you've cheated on your spouse. What, what, if, what if we've had an abortion? Can God still use me if I have done some colossally big evil? The answer, I believe, is yes. So that leads us to the question, how can I make a comeback when I've done it to myself? When I've done it to myself, when it's my fault, how can I make a comeback? Our underdog today is a man named Saul. And he found himself in the position of having made a colossal mistake and having to come back from it. You see, Saul was a member of the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees, if you're unfamiliar, they were kind of like the ruling religious people of the time. They're the ones that Jesus was always snarky with, right? Jesus called them things like hypocrites. He called them the blind leading the blind, a brood of vipers. And my personal favorite, he called them whitewashed tombs, saying they look good on the outside, but on the inside, they're dead dead. And smelly and foul. Not exactly the Rotary Club. That's who Paul was. Matter of fact, Scripture tells us he was the chief accuser of Christians. He hunted Christians down. This, this is, these are his own words in Acts 22. He, he says, I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them in prison. So, He was public enemy number one for Christ followers at the time. Not exactly the resume of someone you would think God would choose to use. But here's the thing. There is no amount of past mistakes that can disqualify you from a godly future. None. No sin can keep you from that. Adultery, pride, Lies, you name it, no sin disqualifies you from God's service. All you have to do is turn from it and choose to follow Jesus. That's it. So, the first thing that you need to know to make a comeback when you've done it to yourself is this I have never gone too far. It's your first feeling on your message notes. I have never gone too far, there's no point you can go to that God says, no. Let's read Acts chapter nine. You see, because God sought after him. As he, we're talking about Saul, neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground, heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord, Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. And at that moment, Saul was blinded. His friends that were was traveling with had to help him and take him to the next town. And he sat in a house for three days, blinded and prayed and fasted. And then, after three days, God spoke to a, a Christian, a Christ follower in that town named Ananias. And told Ananias to go to Saul. And here's what Ananias said. I love his response. In verse 13, Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he's done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with all authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument. Now circle the word Chosen this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. So Ananias was like, (laughs) okay, Lord, wait a minute now. You've heard of this Saul guy, right? He's the one who is like against you and imprisoning and killing people. And God said, he is my chosen instrument. Saul. As bad as he was, with all the evil things that he had done, God chose him. So can anyone be so bad that God can't forgive them and use them? I mean, I know these are, these are Bible people, right? So they don't play by the same rules as the rest of us. Can God forgive and use anyone? What about an atheist Someone who is anti God. Perhaps you know this guy. His name is Lee Strobel. He was a very well renowned investigative journalist and set out to prove that Christianity was false after his wife began following Christ. And you know what he found? After all the research, he found that the Bible is true and that Jesus really is who he said he is an atheist. We say, you know, he is an atheist, but that didn't like really hurt anybody, right? What about someone who hurts other people? This guy is a man by the name of John Newton. And in the, back in the 1700s, he was a slave trader. He destroyed countless lives, destroyed countless families, being a slave trader. And later on in his life, He became a Christ follower, became a priest, and some of his writings have been turned into songs. Perhaps you've heard this one. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch. You can sing with me. Like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. Was blind, but now I see. Probably the most recognizable Christian music of all time was written by someone who had destroyed countless people's lives. Well, okay, so destroying lives is bad, but what about a murderer? What about someone who kills people? Jeffrey Dahmer was arguably the most detestable, despicable serial killer of the modern era. Found Christ gave his life to Jesus, and became a changed person in jail. So, it doesn't matter where you grew up, doesn't matter what you've done, how long you've been abused, who you've abused, how many drugs you've done, who you've cheated, how many people you've slept with, how many abortions you've had, and yes, how many people you've killed, or whatever secret sin that nobody else knows about doesn't matter. God's will for you is always to turn from your sin and follow him. And he always has a plan to use you starting right now wherever you're at. So from that point, you have but one option. That's number two on your fill-ins. Change immediately. I need to change immediately. After Ananias showed up and prayed with Saul, look what happens in verse 18. Scripture tells us immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. Now circle immediately. It was an instantaneous change. Saul did a complete 180 He jumped head first into the cold water at the deep end of the pool. Pick your metaphor. Just like that, Saul was changed. And he began to tell others that Jesus is the one and the only way. And the same is true for you. You can be immediately changed. You don't have to clean up and then go follow God. You don't have to go right the wrongs that you've done and then come follow God, immediately you choose to follow Christ. And that goes for those of you who have already committed to follow Christ and then you've kinda made some mess ups along the way and so now your life is filled with some habitual sin that you know is dragging you down. Maybe you regularly overcharge uh, your customers just to kinda pad the pockets a little bit. Maybe you cheat on your taxes. Maybe you consistently lie and disrespect your parents. Maybe your language and the things you talk about doesn't always honor God. Whatever, whatever habitual sin it is in your life, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about it right now. And you're hearing him tell you what that is. And God, he wants that gone out of your life so that he can use you to accomplish his purposes for you. And all you have to do, all you have to do is turn and follow Jesus. If you will please take out your phone one last time. I wanna take one more poll. I'd like for us to answer the question, does your lifestyle honor God? So answer A, if you would say I'm a Christ follower and right now my lifestyle honors God. B, I'm a Christ follower but I have a habitual sin that I know needs to go. Or C, I'm not a Christ follower and I don't feel like I deserve or can have his forgiveness. Or D, you know what, I'm not really interested in being a Christ follower and I live how I want. And listen, be honest, if D is your answer, Please put in D. This is a safe place. I mean, if you can't be honest in church, where can you be honest? And guys, it's anonymous too, all right? So no one is gonna call you up and ask you about your habitual sin, okay? None of that's gonna happen. This is for you. Be honest about where you are in life, where you are at this moment. I can see 84% of us, 85% of us in this room Say we're a Christ follower and there's a habitual sin in our life that we know needs to go. So, if you're not a Christ follower, for the other percentages that are not, I want to tell you, like Saul, you can start your journey towards Christ today. He has a plan for you beginning today and moving forward. And nothing that you have done in the past will keep you from that. The Bible says in Romans chapter eight verse 38, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So in a few minutes, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to pray a prayer and make the choice to follow Jesus. It's not the words of the prayer that will change you, it's your heart, it's your intent. And if you choose to take the way you were living and turn and follow Jesus, then He will change you immediately. And like we read a few moments ago in verse 18, Saul got up and was baptized. And baptism becomes your next step. And baptism is simply a Christ followers way of telling the whole world that I choose to follow Jesus. And there's symbolism in it. If you were here last week uh, in a couple of the services, you saw people be baptized. And the symbolism is when you go down under the water, that symbolizes Jesus' death where he died. And then your sin dies. And then when you are raised out of the water, just like Jesus was raised from the dead, you come out of the water a new creation. And that's your public way of saying, I choose to be a Christ follower. And if you today have chosen to be a Christ follower and have never been baptized, I want to encourage you to do that. On your connection card on the back, Pastor Mike will take you through it later. There's a spot for you to request information about baptism. If you've never been baptized and you're a Christ follower, that's your next step. And finally, for all of us, once we have chosen to follow Christ and turn from where we were, the next thing we need to do is I need to accept the consequences and embrace my future. It's your last fill in. I need to accept the consequences and embrace my future. See, Saul chose to follow Christ and was baptized. And then look what happens in verse 20 says that once he began to preach in the synagogues, those are the churches, and once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the son of God. And all those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? They were confused. And in verse 26, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were afraid of him. Not believing that he really was a disciple. Circle not believing. Because they didn't believe him. See, Saul changed in a moment. But all that he had done against Christians, all that he had done to destroy the name of Jesus, that stuff didn't just magically go away. It was still there following him around. And the people who knew who he was, they were afraid of him. And rightly so. He was as big of an underdog as it gets because he could no longer be a Pharisee. That ship had sailed. He was done with that. But the Christians that he was trying to be a part of didn't want to have anything to do with him. He was a man with no country, standing alone. And all he could do was embrace the consequences, accept the consequences, and embrace his future, and follow God, and trust God for the future. He didn't let anything derail him. He walked straight towards what he knew God called him to do. So to conclude my story from earlier... I, um, after I prayed and had thought about it and meditated and asked God and sought the Lord, I realized that I, through my careless words, was actually hindering what God wanted me to do. And God was using that colossal (laughs) failure to teach me. And so, it became, and still is, my intention that whomever I talk to, I always use Words that are kind. Even if I don't like that person. Even if we disagree. I always want my words to be kind. And come across with Christ's love. Even if we disagree. Now. I don't always get it right. I'm a lot better now than I was. But that's my goal. I, I realized how I was. And I chose to be more like Jesus. As for the family that I had offended so badly, uh, it was uncomfortable around them for a while. Honestly, I felt like I was walking on eggshells. And it just, it it was an icky environment. And honestly, it was for them too. They hated my guts. And eventually, they left the church. And as far as I know, they still hate my guts. And I deserved it. And to this day, I regret that interaction because church is supposed to be a safe place and it wasn't for them because of me. God took that failure and has made me a much better pastor, a much better person. even when I didn't really think that he could. Saul, with all the damage that he did, Saul preached the name of Jesus. Eventually, the disciples recognized that he really was a Christ follower and they began to get behind him and they laid hands on him and they commissioned him to take the gospel, not just to the Jews, but to the entire world. Shortly after that, Saul began going by the Roman form of his name, which is Paul. And that's a name you probably know a little bit about. He went on missionary journeys all across the known world. He poured into church leaders. He established churches. He wrote countless letters, many of which found their way into the Bible and make up probably pretty close to half of the New Testament. A lot of what we know about being a Christ follower comes from Paul's letters. And arguably, other than Jesus, he had the biggest influence for Christ of anyone ever. And he started off as a self-righteous murderer. Some of you here today know that your life is broken. You feel the pain of the mistakes that you've made, of the things that you have done that you know don't honor God. Whatever hole you have dug for yourself, whatever spot you find yourself in, your answer today is Jesus. The love and forgiveness and direction and a plan that he has for you That's your answer. No matter how unworthy you may think you are, no matter how unclean you may feel, your answer today is Jesus and following him. And if you're ready to take that step to commit to Christ, or if you're ready to tell God, you know what, I have messed it up in the past, but today I'm gonna change and move forward. If you're ready to do that, I want to pray with you right now. Will you please bow your heads? God, I thank you today, Father, that you seek after us. Even when we run from you, even when we stand in opposition to you, even when we've done horrible things and failed you time and time again, God, I praise you that your forgiveness and your restoration is always available to us. God, I pray for everyone in this room right now who is not committed to follow you, God, because they think that they're unworthy. God, I pray you would just impress on their hearts right now, uh, God, that, that like Saul, like so many people in the Bible, like so many of us, God, that all they have to do is turn from who they were and choose to follow you. God, for those of us that are already Christ followers, God, and there's, there's a habitual sin in our lives, something that keeps dragging us down, God, I pray that you would give them strength to turn from their sins, God, to remove from their lives anything that does not bring you glory. Give us faith to trust you and to follow you right now. God, make us clean in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.